Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy Miller, man. We in the house. Literally. I'm literally in my house. Sitting on my bed. This is the best way to do the KIRP Radio Show with me. Shout out to everybody out there listening to the show, man. I see the phone lines lit up. You guys must be expecting something different tonight. We'll see what happens, though. Shout out to everybody out there who's on the DIG. Everybody who's listening to the show. Riley, I see you in the house. Uh, um, what else we got? It looks like, um, well, the whole 919, I can't get these rallies, so shout out to everybody out there in the 919, holding us down, showing us some love. Also, shout out to you in the 252, probably family, shout out to you guys. It's always love right there. 910, I see you. 757, 210, and, uh, a few others I have no idea. He's seeking out, too. Um, beautiful week, man. Coming off vacation. Uh, celebrating uh, my birthday, my 21st birthday. So shout, shout out to everybody out there. Birthday. 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 Love, man. Oh, man. It's definitely dope. dope. I had a beautiful, beautiful time, time in Miami. Miami. Shout out to all my friends and family who went out there with me. Definitely had a good time. I'm looking at one guy. 
with his hand on his face. We should have came. He's scared. He ain't gonna do nothing. Anyway, y'all. Shout out to everybody out there, man, for the for the birthday wishes, man. Truthfully speaking, it's a blessing to be alive and to celebrate another day every day. You know, not even missing a birthday. So. I'm always I'm one of those individuals who are, who are uh, thankful for every day and every minute and every hour, hour of the day that I get. I get. And that's all to the side. That's, 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 that's really the gift. So, um, so um, I appreciate all the love and admiration. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. funny. It's funny, it's like, like birthday. I never, I never put a lot of, um, a lot of clout. You know, I didn't put a whole lot of attention towards my birthday. And I kind of still don't. But it's good to get out and do something for yourself for a change. Especially when you do a lot of things for other people. If you got a family, you got a lot of kids, like I do, I do. Like kids, I'm always I'm running around doing something, something for someone, someone. Uh, uh, be the community, community or, or, or my team, team members, members, or, or you, know, you whatever. know, whatever. And that's and the that's life that I live. That's the life that I love. But it's also nice to do something for yourself. And speaking of doing things for yourself, I'm going to bring in my first guest on the show right here. Last, Last three digits, four, four, seven, three, one. one. What, what up, up B? B? Oh, I am doing well. How are you, Paji? And happy belated birthday to you. I'm good, good man. man. I'm, I'm blessed. blessed. Beautiful. Beautiful. Life, Life is love. love. Uh, we here. You know? Well, thank you for having me tonight. I'm honored to uh, be on the show with you. We can share some ideas. Uh, get into a little this and a little that. And I want to, of course, give a shout out to my Durham GOP peeps and supporters. And, um, See, oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, me let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't know, know who has listened to this show before, but Valerie, Valerie came did. in on point. Just so you guys know, this is Valerie White. Shout, shout out to her. Durham GOP, GOP in the house. Like first lady, lady going to hold it down. down. But, uh, this is how black folks do. See? We, we, we should give shout-outs. Out. I'm trying to tell people, people about when they come on this show. show. I, I need, need you to give shout-outs and see Rocco goes all the time. Shout-out to Rocco P. Post this last Sunday's Rocco P. You guys know we should shout-out from the show. But Valerie came in on point. So she got two points right now. Because that's number one. Women are always on point. You got to give you guys props for that. Normally, most women are always prepared. Shout-out to my queens who are always prepared. And it's us guys that are always slack. So I had, I had to interrupt, interrupt you just to show you some love, love and, and tell you thank you, thank you for coming to prepare and ready to get the term. Shout out, shout out to all your people over there. Yeah. Um, um, name them, man. Tell the folks who, who gets busy in the term GOP over there, Valerie. I'm sorry, repeat the question because there's an echo, so it's a oh. little difficult to hear you. Sorry about that. Let's see if I can fix that for you. Um, let the people know who is a part of the Durham GOP that, uh, that holds you, you guys down over there in Durham, North Carolina? Well, uh, there's a lot of us. First of all, I just was excited, you know, three years ago to, you know, get involved with the Durham GOP and, and ask to take over or create the uh, Black Republican Committee. I had no idea how far this was going to go. Um, but, you know, we made a lot of strides. We there's a lot of progress. We've done some outreach events, some forums. 
um, you know, just got out there and got in people's faces, so to speak, not with rhetoric, but with truth and allowing people to think for themselves. But, you know, I have Emmanuel Jarvis, who is now our uh, Durham GOP chair. Actually, we had two BRC members uh, campaigning for the chair position, which is phenomenal. Um, and Elton Frutrell, who is our now vice chair of the Black Republican Committee. There's been others who have stepped into the leadership roles, um, Annie Woods and uh, Torian Webson, um, and some others that, you know, just came out of the woodworks and said, hey, you know, we like your message, we like what you're doing, we want to join you. So I think we have made monumental strides as opposed to if we're talking in terms of just African Americans getting involved, we've had numerous um, people come in and join us. They don't always uh, come to all of our events and meetings, but for the most part, they're with us. So I'm really excited about the progress and, and, and what we're going to continue to do in the community, which is where my passion is. Well, I like that. I like everything about that. I think that's definitely B.I.G. in my book, and you guys are B.I.G. in my, BIG in my book because you actually get things done. And, um, you know, when it comes to politics and I'm going to say outreach, and I just don't mean black outreach, but I mean outreach, period, from a grassroots organization standpoint, uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard these days because people aren't as receiving as they once were. And it seems like, you know, it, it's very hard to find people who are like-minded. I, I have found that. You will quickly find people who will rebut and, you know, who wants to debate and, you know, everyone has their own opinion. So, you know, when you find people who are willing to hold it down, to buckle down, and dedicate their lives to doing something special like, you know, really getting the truth out there and talking to people about the truth, it's a special thing. And, and I think those type of individuals uh, you remain friends with and, and associates with, and, you know, they almost become family because you're almost in this fight together, you know. So, you know, you guys definitely have a special place in my heart. I appreciate everything that you guys do. And, you know, more power to you, man. Just just whatever you do, keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't let it get uh, overbearing or don't let it get to the point where, you know, you just can't take it anymore. Um, you can always come on this show and vent. But um, <laughs> <laughs> moving along, since you, you, you said something, you, you, you brought up a key word. And, uh, you know, I, tonight, I named tonight's show Politics as Usual. We changed it up. Uh, after talking with a couple of staffers, we changed it up because I had a long list of questioning and uh, there are a lot of things going on in politics right now today. And we just decided to name it politics as usual because there are some things that are going on that everyone's talking about. And uh, when you said truth and not rhetoric, I had to bring up Donald Trump. You know, I had to bring up Donald Trump because Donald Trump has single-handedly split the GOP right now. You ask me, you can ask one GOP member, hey, do you like Donald Trump? They say no. You ask the next person, they like, yes, he tells the truth. I love that guy. Valerie, what do you think about Donald Trump right now running for polls? Well, Donald Trump is very entertaining, and he <laughs> is brilliant when it comes to the media. And, I mean, he hasn't been uh, selected as the, 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 the primary candidate for the right. Republican Party. However, he, what, what the press needs to understand and what Fox News should have been aware of is ever since he's become Donald Trump, he knows how to handle the media. 
he's a mastermind at that. With all the turmoil in his life, his personal life, and his business, he has learned how to maneuver or manipulate the media in his favor. And this is what keeps him, uh, his ratings are high in the polls because of it. Full life because he's blatantly honest. Matter of fact, I recently told someone I think Donald Trump will get rid of political correctness in the political world. And uh, also, I think he would improve our credit rating, which would be which is what's needed. But <laughs> you know, so I I I I I, I to answer your question, I, I think he's 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 brilliant at manipulating the media. Um, he he's likable because people want to hear the truth. So especially after the debate, usually debates are boring, but he made it fun to watch and, and made it very interesting. And, you know, everyone had something to say at the water, water cooler, so to speak, the next day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They absolutely had a lot to say about Donald Trump at the water cooler. And I think the funniest thing about having Donald Trump uh, running for POTUS right now in, in this primary is uh, the memes. <laughs> I love the memes. <laughs> Everybody's talking about his toupee. Everybody's talking about his money. You know, people are talking about his jet. So, I, I mean, you're right. I, I do. I will agree that Donald Trump is definitely adding a little bit of spice uh, to this uh, primary that we're facing. But you know, I, that's the that's the joke for me. Okay, that that's the media buzz, the media spin question that I have. That's that's my uh, political joke question that I have. So, you know, let's let's get on to uh, some let's get on to some bigger and better things. Let me ask you about this. Let me, let me get myself together. Uh, ladies, I'm a guy who believes in chivalry. I believe in ladies first. I believe that uh, women should be protected by men. Some would say that I'm just old school, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Um, right now what we have for what I can see, and, I, and you know, it's just my opinion, but it seems to be a, a storm of, uh, of women running for the highest office in the land, which is the President of the United States. And my question is, are we seeing America finally appreciating women for who they are? Or are we seeing a response to uh, the election in 08 uh, when President Obama ran and the minority increased and when uh, Sarah Palin came out and the, the, the female increased, so the female vote increased. So I, are we seeing a turn from that? Are we seeing the other side of that? Or are we really seeing America appreciating women? Well, I think... I don't think much has changed in, in that respect. Um, just what you just said, chivalry, uh, protecting women. I, I've seen it when I came, first came in the party. Um, they sent, uh, you know, my vice chair to do certain things that they didn't think I was ready for. And I thought, oh, wow, this is sexist. And it was like, no, we're, you have to look at it. We're trying to protect you. You know, the big brothers uh, thing, you know, came in. But, I'm going to take it all the way back to the show 24, because when Obama first announced his candidacy for president and he actually won, um, people contributed that to the show 24. 
and saying that, you know, when they had the black president on the show, somehow that prepared America for a black president, which, you know, you've seen in the, in the following seasons, they brought in a woman, pres- a woman president thinking, you know, well, that, you know, somehow get in the minds of the American people, would they accept a woman president? However, when Hillary Clinton talked about running, um, there was conversation that, you know, our, our, the Middle East and even our allies would consider America weak. Now, do I think a woman can run the Oval Office? Absolutely. Um, we're multitaskers. We're event planners. We're, we make decisions. We raise our children. We're nurturers. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Um, however, I, I tend myself when I'm dealing with a situation and um, I'm, I'm, I'm calling, conducting my business on the phone, and I obviously get this man who doesn't want to talk to a woman. He, I'm nagging. I'm a whiny woman. So, hey, I'll get my husband on the phone to call. So I play the sex card, if you will, uh, on some terms. So I personally would rather have a man in the Oval Office, but I'm not saying that a woman could not do it. I just don't want to appear weak in the free world that because we have a woman in office, somehow we, we lose our position in the world. And I think it's real important right now with the Middle East and our allies that we remain uh, strong, uh, and we've lost some of that over these last couple of years. Interesting. Some people, some people may disagree, but that's my personal opinion. <laughs> oh. Very, very, very interesting. I think that was very, very, very intriguing as well. I can't – Wow. You threw me for a loop there, Valerie. I gotta, I gotta keep it real with you, man. You, <laughs> you were you, uh, for a fight, weren't you? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. The truth of the matter is, right? I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think you're absolutely right. But from from an international standpoint, do do you believe that America will ap- appear weak with a female president? <sighs> well. It depends on who she is. Now, if you wanted to get into the alpha female uh, profile, we can talk about mm-hmm. that. You know, uh, us aggressive women, as, as men would say, but we tend to be effective. We, we tend to execute. You, you're the, we're the women who are, you see in the boardroom amongst men that handle our business. Um, so, and, and some men might find that intimidating. And other men, as they mature, find that, ooh, I need this woman right by my side. She's going to have my back. You know, she's going to be my backbone. So it depends. Would it, would it be, if I had to choose between Carly Fiorina or Sarah Palin, Carly Fiorina all day long. You know, she's a former CEO of Hewlett Packard. You know, I watched her in a debate when she was kind of on the back burner until she hit the debate, and everybody was like, whoa. Pump the brakes, you know. Let's right. go on the head. You know, she's not in there first. She's not talking talking points. She's coming out the bag with solutions. I mean, think oh, about yeah. um, uh, at the at the debate. She had her day one and day two plan when she's in the Oval Office. So she just showed, told the American people, I'm ready to make the phone calls to Netanyahu. I'm ready to make the phone calls to Iran. Let's talk. I'm about business. Let me handle my business. <laughs> <laughs> I remember 
when uh, Obama was was campaigning. When it, let me just put it. Let me just put it frank because I'm trying to bite my words, and, and you know that's really not my style. But I remember <laughs> when Obama was kicking ass in the debates. I mean, really, frankly, he was kicking everybody's ass. They weren't expecting who they got, and um, I remember him saying what he would do day one and what he was what he would do in day two. And I also recall him getting in office, and I saw the gray hair increase. I saw the wrinkles increase. The eyes were red a lot. You know, the stress, you could look at him and tell that he was, you know, it's a whole different beast. It's a whole different animal. So, you know, in terms of campaigning for POTUS, uh, I think it's very easy to uh, win the hearts and the minds of people and uh, get them to vote for you. But when it comes to actually doing the job, I really think that you should have some kind of experience on the on the executive level of government, and, and, and I really do. But here's the thing. We have people like John Boehner, <laughs> you know, uh, GOP representative, you know, HGOPNC in charge, you know what I'm saying? So, but this guy cries every time he turns around. I mean, he's weak. Uh, I just saw a video. Actually, let's go to a caller right here. I, I, I got a call from the Charlotte area, Valerie. Let's see what this okay. caller has to say. Uh, caller, you on the air with Pudgy and Valerie. What's up? Hey, Pudgy, it's Chuck Suter. How you doing? No chill. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Uh, very good. Um, yeah, the video is up on the uh, our website at constitutionalwar.org. I had uh, caught up with um, Robert Pittenger, my congressman, and he told us that uh, there was no chance that he would be standing with Mark Meadows to remove John Boehner as Speaker of the House. And um, as you point out, I mean, this guy, John Boehner, um, you, you know, he's crying at the entire State of the Union. You got Joe Biden over there winking at some woman in the audience, I'm sure. We all know how <laughs> creepy that guy can be at some point. <laughs> and uh, Boehner's over there uh, holding back the tears for two hours. Um, this guy has uh, pushed amnesty on us, the Cromnibus bill. Um, you know, he, he's weak on um, uh, on Iran. He's let Obama get away with just about everything that you can think of. And it's time for uh, folks to, um, you know, decide where they stand. Are they going to stand with Mark Meadows of uh, the 11th District here in the state <clears throat> and uh, Walter Jones of the 3rd District? Or are they going to continue to waste this opportunity, this mandate from the American people to the Republican Party to stop Obama's agenda? Shout out to my main man, Walter Jones, too, by the way. I know he's a representative, folks, but I call everybody my main man if I rock with him. But um, Chuck, let me let me ask you the same question, man. Let, let me let me let me pose that question to you. Um, would America seem weak uh, to other nations with a with a woman president? In your in your own opinion? Um, well, if you look historically at women uh, leaders. Um, there's been some good ones like uh, Margaret Thatcher. There's also been, um, I, I can't remember her first name. I think it's something like Amira Gandhi. And when she got in, in India, people were very excited she was going to bring peace. Um, one of the drawbacks, if fair or not, is that presidents that are assumed to be weak sometimes have to be extra aggressive to prove that they're not weak. It's uh, what among guys uh, we would call the Napoleon syndrome yeah and um, you know there's there, that's very possible but I, I think that if Hillary was president would we look weak a absolutely but if it was somebody like Carly Fiorino or 
Um, you know, there's some other females out there that I think could handle the job, like Margaret Thatcher did, the Iron Lady. And if uh, you can represent yourself like that, I, I don't think that America would be weak. Um, one of the things is, is that the president of America is the commander-in-chief, and there are not very many uh, generals, commanders, per se, of, uh, uh, you know, female um, through our military. So that is definitely... Um, a unique situation for us. I agree. Um, Valerie, I'm going to get back to you in just one second. Chuck, i got to ask you another question, man, and it's, it's, it's killing me. Um, Robert Pittenger, man, what's his deal? You know? Well, what's his deal? <laughs> well two years ago, uh, and, and first of all, before I talk about the history of Robert Pittenger, um, right now, he is under an investigation from the FBI for shady land dealings. Um, there's not been much word from the FBI. There's obviously Pittenger's not going to sit around and indict himself and, and create the media circus on his own. But I called this the day that Patrick Cannon, the Democrat, African-American Democrat mayor of Charlotte, was um, arrested. So many people said, well, why in the world would Obama's DOJ go after a Democrat, um, African-American male mayor of Charlotte in a city where he just tapped uh, Anthony Fox to be the uh, transportation secretary. And this goes into the whole thing we talk about with the toll roads. Um, Anthony Fox is up there pushing the toll roads. Robert Pittenger was pushing for the Garden Parkway, and he owned the Fox affiliate here in Charlotte. Um, it was a bigger channel. He still owns Fox, but they moved down the dial because, partly because, I, I suspect, and so did many others, because he fired Israel Balderez, one of the great uh, journalists, reporters of the Charlotte area, when Israel Balderez reported uh, and exposed what was going on with Bill Brawley, um, Jeff Tart, Tom Tillis, and uh, a bunch of these other guys pushing for the Garden Parkway, the I-77 toll roads, and some other things. Balderas was immediately canned for no reason whatsoever. I know this is kind of a long-winded response, but what, it, what the point that I'm getting to here is with Robert Pittenger is he's got a track record of, of you know, kind of being below the bar. Even Jennifer Roberts, when she ran... Um, I think it was Eric Erickson of Red State said that um, she might actually be able to beat Robert Pittenger because of all the baggage that he carried with him when he was in a runoff against uh, Jim Pendergraft for the Ninth District back in 2000, and um, uh, it was 2000, the 2012 election, um, so it would have been the summer of 2012. So that's a little bit of the history because, you know, he has had these shady land dealings. People have said, uh, you know, accusations over the years. He's used his office to make himself wealthier. Um, all that said, come full circle, he was, uh, he was the nominee. He won the election uh, in a strong, uh, solid Republican district. In 2013, there was a push by Heritage Foundation, Breitbart, mm -hmm. Mark Meadows, and on and on down the line to defund Obamacare. Um, when, the, when the mission started to defund Obamacare, people were saying this is not going to go anywhere, just like what we have right now with the, with the idea for Mark Meadows, once again, to um, fire John Boehner and replace him with another speaker. Now, Mark Meadows was also at the forefront 
of the defund Obamacare. And I took my camera down to a town hall, asked him if he would stand with Mark Meadows and Ted Cruz to defund Obamacare. And he looked into my camera and gave a very comical no answer. And that video ended up on Sean Hannity's show all around the web and really sparked, uh, helped to spark, I won't give myself too much credit, but helped to spark what would become the government shutdown from Ted Cruz. You can give yourself a lot of damn credit for that. Stop being modest, man. There's not people, there's not many folks out there giving these, I mean, it's true. There's not a lot of people out there doing the homework that you guys do at constitutionalwar.org. And uh, people aren't putting out the type of videos that you guys are putting out, and they're not putting out the type of information that you guys are putting out. And I think a lot of people appreciate it from all from all backgrounds and all uh, all political affiliations and, as well. So, you know, I got to tell you, man, keep keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to seeing your videos. I have not made a donation yet. I promised to make three, maybe three shows ago. Blame it on my memory. Don't blame it on my heart. But um, it's definitely appreciated, Chuck. I mean, for real, man. When you smoke a lot of weed like me, you forget stuff. Uh, I don't smoke weed no more, but I still forget stuff. Man. You know, we keep it real on KRP, man. Yo, thanks for being B.I.G. in my book, brother. And if I can help you in any way, you know you got it. Hey, I uh, love you, Pudgy. Keep up the great work. And um, I hope uh, nothing but the best for this radio show, man. It is truly a, a needed voice and a needed outlet. And I hope everybody that can also supports your show and spreads the word about it. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. You got to give a shout-out before you go, brother, because we give shout-outs on this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, constitutionalwar.org, the article is now up and live. You can watch the video where uh, Congressman um, Robert Pittenger tells us that we just don't understand how D.C. works and the audience is quite upset. At the end of the video, there are hyperlinks to the videos that I talk about from the 2013 defund movement. You could also check that video out on krpradioshow.com. It will be on probably by tomorrow evening, but we'll definitely have it on our Facebook page as well. Uh, check that out, facebook.com backslash krpradioshow. Chuck, you are B-I-G in my book, brother. Be blessed. Have a prosperous week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Pudgy. You know, at 8.30 p.m., I'm on the air with Valerie White Johnson. We're talking about the highest office in the land, but we're also talking about politics as usual. And Valerie has been B.I.G. in our book for a very long time. I'm talking about Frederick Douglass Foundation Day. Shout out to the Frederick Douglass Foundation. We'll be right back. We got to go to a commercial, but we promise we'll be right back in a second. Valerie, you still rocking? I'm still rocking. I'm holding on. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Check us out in about two Thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate.
I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes to play a day, right? No, grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. And play in the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. And become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to soundshoe.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists. Then, vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artists wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for Soundshoe today. That's www.soundshoe.com S-O-U-N-D C-H-E-W Once again, that's www.soundshoe.com The number one online music tournament. 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, Celebrity Chef Nikki Shaw, Teen and Family Producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, folks, to the KIRP Radio Show. Doing the B.I.G., man. Shout out to everybody out there who's listening to the show. Check us out on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. You can also find out more information about the show on KIRPRadioshow.com. I know you think I'm talking fast, but the truth of the matter is that you're listening slow. But I'll say it again just so you can get it. KIRPRadioshow.com. Check that out, folks. There's information on there. We're also on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter. At Symbol, you know what it is. At Symbol NC Putty. That's me. Also, give a shout-out to my man, Rashad Woods, Love and Father Society, who's sitting right across from me. Chilling, laid back, put his hand on it. He's got his earphones on. He's got his hand over his mouth. He looks like a prison pose right now, but you know how when you got a family member that's been in prison and they got their picture on the mantle over the fireplace with the brown or them green clothes on and they, you know, they got their legs. Anyway, that's what he's doing right now. So shout out to my brother. Shout out to the Love and Father Society and everyone who supports our movement, which is I Love Being a Black Father. That's our first initiative. We are still looking for fathers out there who want to be involved. We're also looking for volunteers. We're looking for people who just want to help, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are, man, we, we you know, we can definitely use your support. Uh, check us out on the website, man. Buy a shirt. You know, do whatever you do, man. We just need some support and some love. Even if you go on a Facebook page and leave a comment on I Love Being a Black Father's Facebook page, definitely appreciate it. We're rocking with Valerie White Johnson from the Durham GOP, man. Valerie's on here with me at this show called Politics as Children. Valerie, what's up? Oh, I am anticipating this second hour. Um, very excited. Well, you don't sound excited. Let's just keep I, it real. The conversation is going well. See, um, people already say that the GOP is black. Like, black people on the Republican side, they just black. They can call us Oreos, and now they don't call me Oreos. They call y'all Oreos. They call, <laughs> they call people house niggers. I mean, I know you ain't. I know you fun. I know you have a good time. I know you know how to party. I know you handle your business. You know, I, I get all that. But I'm talking about people from the outside in. Why does people have that stereotypical, uh, just that stereotype about black people in the GOP, though? Well, I mean, gosh, it goes way back, I mean, to the slavery days. You, you, you were skin in a house, Negro. You know, you were you had this special privilege. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's been around for a long time. I mean, I I was teased in school because I talked white instead of proper. So it's it's, it's something we as black folks have, have have done to each other for numerous years that at some point needs to go away. Um, but you know, is it inferior of an educated black man? You know, do we want to say that? And then, you know, if you're too hard, too black, too strong, you know, they put a label on you. But if you're educated and talk proper, you know, you're going to get a label put on you. So just be you. That's that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be Valerie. I like that. I love that. Just be you. Shout out to anybody out there who's listening who does not know who they are and is trying to be somebody else for the world. Just be your damn self. That's the best thing you could be, man. Be yourself. Hold your principles true. Don't let people sway you and convert you. I mean, that, that's a whole lot of what I see, Valerie. I, I was just telling the story um, of how, I mean, you know me, when, I, when I, I'm just I'm as genuine as I can be. So if I happen to know people in high places that, that folks would view untouchable, and, you know, people look at these politicians like they float on water, you know, like they can't be touched, like they're not human, like they don't put their pants on or their dresses in your case on the same way that you do. And I, I don't. 
You know, I know these are elected officials, people that believe that they can do right for their country, you know, people that can do right for their community, that can do right for their districts and what they have to, their state, their cities. And that's just who I think they are. So when I introduce myself to them or when I say hello, oftentimes I'm saying, what's up? <laughs> you know, because that's how I greet my loved ones or what's good or how you've been doing or things like that. I'm not going to go up and say, uh, hi, Senator, such and such, or how, how you been? That's not my style. That's not what I do. But because people are politicians, folks on the outside of that who don't know them well think that you can't address them in that way. So I, I think my question is, why does regular uh, citizens or, or why do people look at politicians like they float on water? You know, I really don't know. I think with, well, with power comes status and celebrity. And, you know, people look at power as, you know, some form of, of something we need to worship and we need to adore and we need to, uh, admire, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I don't mind giving honor where honor is due when you have a, a, a strong leader with integrity and, you know, they understand it's not about them. It's about uh, moving a, a, a nation or a people or whatever organization that you're leading um, mm -hmm. to, to the vision and goals that have been set before, before them. You know, there has been really good men, but there's also been great men um, that we admire and honor and, and are very humble in their position. But, yeah, some people, you know, it's it's their perspective of how they want to view people. And as you said, it's, it's you know, there is a, a time when we need to applaud and honor a, a woman or a man that is, you know, uh, upholding the office and, and doing what is required of them. But, you know, I, I don't, I, I would never do it. You know, I, I put no God for my God. Uh, Absolutely. I have no idols um, but him. So I just, it, it's interesting. But I want to go back a little bit uh, to the question you asked about, um, you know, why do we tend to be labeled as house Negroes or sellouts or Oreos or, or somehow we've left our people because we we want to stand up for our values and morals and we want to stand up for a certain principle. Somehow we, you know, we've lost our minds, so to speak. And I don't know if you remember a, a couple of years ago, I don't remember the guy's name, but there was a campaign that, you know, they were labeling the black Republicans as runaway slaves. And, I, and there was yeah. a little song, a kind of a jingle that went with it. And I thought this was great. What an awesome campaign. I will wear this as a badge of honor because you know what? I would have thought out Harriet Tubman because I would have ran away too. I don't want to be a <laughs> I don't want to stay on the plantation. Do you understand me? You need to come and join me. Let's get the railroad. Let's get out of here. Sally, you would have ran away with you. Thank you. You would you would have ran away back. Would you have really ran away? Come on, let's let's keep it funky now. It was hot. You know, people thought Harriet Tubman was crazy. I listen. I <laughs> I like to I like to read history, and, and this is how I read the Bible too. And, and oftentimes I, when I read books, I try to put myself in it first person and, and actually see through the author's eyes or imagine myself somewhere looking at this as it was going down. So you've got to imagine, like, these people, these, these slaves, probably thought Harry Thurman was crazy. Out of her mind, like, you're going to leave Master's Plantation where we did not ask you, but at least we're eating, and you want us to go run where if they hunt us down, they're going to kill us, and we don't even know where we're going? Can you imagine what that was really like? I mean, I can't, but I try to put it in perspective a little bit, and I ask myself, 
what I had read? Like, would I have gotten up out of there? Well, if you had a leader that was organized and he, she was being successful, and I know me, I'm a little of a rebel. I was the yeah. child. My mom had to beat me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would have been like, come on, y'all, we can do this. This is this railroad. I'm tired of being beat. I'm tired of picking cuts. Just look at me. Oh. I'm cute. You know the master going to want me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you all kidding up front. <laughs> it's all good because I mean, listen, it's it's amazing, and I'm and I for the record, I'm not shucking and, and and freaking jiving as we talk about this. Um, you know, we're, we're laughing at it in today's content, and and I really do take it serious. But you know what, man? If the laugh can make us feel better, then if we can, excuse me, if we can talk about things over laugh and get some 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 substance out of it, where we can make people where it can resonate for other people, you know, why not? But it absolutely was a serious matter, and we don't have those leaders today. Like, let's let's fast forward a little bit, and, and you know, we talk about the Oreo, we talk about the labels and, and all the things that people in the GOP are called, but where are those leaders today? You know, we don't have those people that are willing to pull anybody along and say, come on, let's get this done, or let's go out, let's touch and agree, let's figure out what we need to do, because of the power syndrome, the, the Napoleon syndrome, the pastors, a lot of the pastors have it, uh, the politicians have it, the entertainers have it, and there's nobody that's willing to be a regular guy. There's nobody willing to uh, uh, lead but listen first with their leadership. You know, everybody gets on a certain level, and they want to be treated like they walk on water. They want to be treated like they're higher and uh, above other people. And I think that's a big part of the problem that we experience today, which is why people don't know how to talk to the politicians or don't even talk to the politicians or, you know, the, why the pastors can't connect with a lot of the community community anymore. So, you know, I, I don't know what the answers are, Valerie, but, you know, what did you have to say to all of this? Well, black folks are angry. You know, they're coming from a, 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 an era of constant feeling they have to fight their way through the, the attacks, the racism. I don't even want to talk about the Black Lives, you know, Black Lives Matter, what the police are doing to the community. The, 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 the black community is angry, and rightfully so. Is at some point, when is this going to stop? You know, and, and I always, and, and, and many people can tell you when it, when it comes to race relations, I always say, you know, uh, hate is a sin problem. It's a job for the Holy Spirit. And if we say, okay, we're going to completely get rid of racism, that, that's unthinkable, saying we're going to get rid of sin. It's not going to happen. You have yeah. to change your heart and begin to say, okay, what can we do eternally? What can we do different? How can we sit down with our children and explain to them, you know, your life does matter. Uh, how can you conduct yourself when you go out in public? You know, the the the, the uh, how we raised you, you know, taking you to church, learning how to be a, a, a productive citizen in your society. You know, there, there's so many other great stories that's going on with black folks that, are on, that don't get heard because it's yeah. always overshadowed by the media constantly pushing this racial divide. And we feed into that. But I think if we just, again, eternally look within ourselves and how we can solve these issues. There's some great organizations out there that are working with these young men and women 
um, to make a difference in their lives. And, and that's, again, where my passion and my heart is, is, is in the heart of community, starting with a generation that we can hopefully see a change with the next generation and, you know, educating them and um, empowering them. If Instead of fighting the police, why don't you go to school, get an education in criminal justice, and join, you know, become a police officer, become, get involved in the criminal justice system, and make a difference. There's a, another way, yes, you have a right, your First Amendment right to go out and protest and march, but how much of that is getting done? You need to get go down to the, 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 uh, your legislator. You need to go to City Hall, talk to your mayor, talk to, you know, your, your, your uh, people that you elect into office, your count, city councilmen and county commissioners. These people you vote in and let them fight for you. So yeah. it, there's so many uh, uh, productive ways to, to get these things done and getting their voice heard. Um, if they just, you know, okay, we're angry, we're mad, so how, we're, how, how can we move this forward and, and, and be more effective in our message? You know, from a, and that's great stuff too, Valerie. Um, shout out to uh, C4GC, <clears throat> excuse me, who uh, who I teamed up with, and uh, to uh, to host a panel here on uh, August. I don't have the date right in front of me, but I, I think it's next Monday, August 25th. I think it is uh, on uh, police brutality and uh, the perception of police. Thing that's going to be uh, sheriff is going to be there. I think the chief of police is going to be there. Several other people will be on the panel. Uh, each panel member will either be a, a member of law enforcement or someone who has taken a ride along. So I guess I got to do a ride along here soon. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's going to be a great opportunity to really uh, expand on some of the things that you were just talking about, Valerie. And 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 I, I think my contribution to that will be. Uh, discernment, I'll be able to shine a different light on to what people think they know. You know, I'll be able to say what it what it really is like when you're targeted by police and you haven't done anything and you still don't have any discourse with them. You still love them for what they do. You still appreciate them and, and you don't wish them dead. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I, that would definitely be my, my contribution to that. So check out um, Conservatives for Guilford County or C4GC.com and, uh, to get more information about that, folks, as you listen to the show. Um, Black Lives Matter, Valerie. Black outreach. What does those things mean to you uh, from your organization standpoint, being that you're uh, uh, an executive member of the Durham GOP? Well, first of all, I think all lives matter. But as we have mm -hmm. seen in the news, it's blacks that are being targeted or, uh, or have suffered the worst when it comes to the police brutality. Um, as a black Republican, conservative, social conservative, whatever label you want to put on me, um, my goal is to help educate and have these, these conversations, Bringing, bridging the gap between the community and the police is actually a project that I'm working on. So that's interesting that you said you're going to be on, on the panel. Um, and, and hopefully uh, these conversations can, uh, you know, bring about some change and some understanding 
Uh, sure. You know, people have diversity training in the workplace to get to understand culture. I mean, I have a conversation with one of my family members, and, and you know, he, he doesn't like a, approaching race because looking at one uh, color of skin when actually we're both broken up between cultures. We tend to draw yeah. the people that are like us, the black culture, Hispanic culture, white culture. I think there there just needs to be an understanding and, and, and being able to treat people as human beings. Um, and, you know, everyone has their families and, you know, they want to go to work every day. You know, we're just trying to make a living, trying to go through our lives and, and, you know, let it to be as productive as possible and raise our children, go to college and, you know, the whole cycle of life. So I, I think as, as my role um, is just uh, being out there where the people are, bringing people together and, and having these conversations and hopefully it, it, a healing can take place. It's like when at one point are, are we just going to forgive? And mm. it, it's, it's hard to forget, although we're supposed to forget. It is extremely hard to forget if you lost a loved one. I, I couldn't imagine losing my uh, son, you know, in the Trayvon Martin situation or, or others. It's just not all black people are criminals. Not all white people are prejudiced. I mean, there was something streaming on Facebook about it. When I saw it, I'm like, yes, you know, we have to mind it and not generalize pe- all people in one category. Um, yes. And, and hopefully we, we will see some changes. But I, I'm doing my part one day at a time um, to work towards that goal. Will it ever be solved? Uh, only God knows. But at, at some point, at least, you know, again, we can bring these groups together to, to at least have some conversation. And hopefully both sides can be open-minded. That's great. I, I Man, that's, that's some good stuff. I definitely agree with that. I think that uh, as time goes on, though, I, I think we're seeing a transcend here. And, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the relationship is going to get worse, Valerie. I think there's a lot of powers at hand uh, that, that can benefit from uh, civil unrest. And, and it seems to be happening all over this country, not just in the South, you know, not just in the North. It, it's happening all over this country. And that's what lets you know it's bigger than just a single incident. You know, it's, it's bigger than just a police uh, incident or, or police in the wrong or police versus black. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's something's driving this, and I don't know what it is. I, well, I know what it is. It's the spirit of evil. You know, it's definitely the spirit of evil uh, that's driving this. And, you know, we got to get to the point where we're not afraid to um, combat that spirit of evil from a religious standpoint. I just got to keep it funky. I mean, at the core of who we are, at, at the core of who I am, you know, we know what this is. You know, we know exactly what this is, and and until we get to the point where we can combat this with prayer and and, and combat this with the truth versus what's not the truth and stop excusing what's not the truth, we're going to continue to have these problems. It's written, 619-638-8559. It is 8.55 p.m. We got five minutes to go, but I got a couple questions. I'm going to skip to a couple, and I think we can do this one for the next five minutes. You're going to love this, but I'm really curious on what your take on it is. Uh, can a Democrat and a Republican coexist as loved ones? Absolutely. I have them in my family. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, all my family uh, is in Illinois, and I don't 
most of them know what I do if they if they're you know Facebook friends with me and you know we we tend not to have the conversation um but if we do you know again I don't come with uh, all the the debating arguments it's just this is what I do this is why I do it this is what I believe in um and you know you could take it or leave it I, you know I'm not compromising and what I believe in, in in my relationship with God, you know, I would not ever stand on a platform that goes against my biblical principles. So, um, and, and anyone that knows me, I, I, I say it all the time, but, you know, I, I do believe, I know even in the DOP, there's people who are, uh, I mean, you're white, the right, <laughs> I'm trying to say the right word, right <laughs> to the right Republicans who are married to a, a bonafide Democrat, and it works for them. So, you know, I, I find it interesting. I mean, uh, contrary to popular belief, it it it, it, it is very uh, prevalent in in today's society. <laughs> so, yeah, to answer your question, yes, they, they can coexist. Well, you know what? I, um, I, I see it. I, I do see it often. But, you know, I, I don't know if to I guess I asked the wrong question. I think they can coexist, but I don't know if two active uh a husband who's active and a wife that's actually coexist in, in in the same house. I mean, can you imagine someone working for Obama and someone working for I, I don't know, uh John Payne well John Payne it doesn't count. I He's Obama's best friend. I won't go there. But, I mean, you know, Donald Trump, you know, a, a wife working with Donald Trump and a husband working for President Obama. I, I cannot, for the life of me, see that coexisting. I mean, that's probably going to end up in a fist fight. You know, somebody's going to do that 72. <laughs> well, I mean, you either avoid the conversation or you find it, you know, very, um, you find it very uh, challenging, and, and some people get turned on by that. If we're talking about a married couple, you know, uh, yeah. the arguments, the debates, and, and stuff can can work up to what? Okay, this is a family show. Uh, <laughs> it but, is not a family show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is rated R. <laughs> but, again, you know, it. it I, I've I've heard people talk about it a lot since I entered into this political arena, and it just they just say they don't have the conversation. I mean, love you can't not help who you love. You know, uh, love is blind, and you know there's there's things that you're just not gonna you know like about your spouse, but you learn to to live with it and accept it. And it's interesting because I had a good friend tell me that this week, um, and you know I. I, I <laughs> It, it's a, it could be a touchy situation, but it, it's workable because you didn't marry that person because they were a Democrat. You married them for, you know, uh, you know who, you, who they were, what you liked about them, what you were drawn to them. You know, it could be chemistry. It could be several different reasons why. And then, you know, and some people don't even have the political conversation while dating. That's true. You know, That's true. unless you just so happen to be a politician. So, yeah. Would I do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. I, I would, uh, I don't know, it's just funny to me. I, I like to throw that question out to people who are involved and who are active because it seems like something that they'll talk about uh, later at home. Anyway, listen, that's our show, man. We got 30 seconds, Valerie. 
give a shout out before you go. I know you gave one out earlier, but if you would, please give us another one. Yes, I would like to give a shout out to all my peeps down at the governor's office, my girl, Dr. Gail Hayes, who I'll be working with soon on some on women issues. Um, uh, just again, the Durham GOP and everyone who supported me over the years, you included. Thank you for having me on your show tonight, and I look forward to seeing and speaking with you again. God bless you. God bless you too, Valerie. Thanks for coming through. And you are B-I-G in our book. Also got to take a second as well and give a shout out to my girl, Dr. Gail. Hey, boy. Yeah, listen, when I have Dr. Gail on the show, it's going to be equivalent to the show. What they spend the kids saying is going to be off the chain. That's pretty old, ain't it? Not off the chain no more. I'm, I'm old. It is what it is. I just turned 21 last week. Uh, shout out to everybody out there listening to the KRP Radio Show. You guys are B-I-G in my book. Check us out on KRPRadioShow.com. You can also check us out on Twitter. Make sure you follow us at NC Puzzy. It's me, at symbol KRP Radio Show. It's the show. Also check out the Love and Father Society on Facebook or go to LoveandFatherSociety.com. We need your donations. We need your help. We need whatever you're willing to get. And if you're willing to give time, that is the most expensive gift that you could definitely give anyone. And we definitely appreciate it more than anybody else would. Also check us out on Facebook. That's I Love Being a Black Father on Facebook. Uh, leave a comment, man. Leave some words of inspiration. We don't hate. You know, we know that people are going through different things when it comes to raising their children. We're just here to say that you can be a father no matter what happens in your life, and you cannot escape that thing that we call fatherhood. All right, shout out to everybody out there, man. I'm going to leave you guys with a little bit of compunction love, and then we're going to close the show. K-I-R-P Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon' recognize, still, still recognize with Like we always do with this time